Tú nos dices que debemos sentarnos Pero las ideas solo pueden levantarnos Caminar, recorrer, no rendirse ni retroceder Ver, aprender como esponja absorbe Nadie sobre todos, faltan todos, suman todos Para todos, todo para nosotros Soñamos en grande que se caiga el imperio Bienvenidos a Radio Menea. I'm Miriam Soila Perez. And I'm Vero Valletti Flores. And on this podcast, we bring you a mix of mainstream and alternative Latinx jams. And this week's theme is protest. Yep. So we had this planned way before any um, awful orange chupacabras took their position as president-elect of the United States. But yeah. it seems fittingly appropriate uh, that yeah. <laughs> you know we can still have we can have a protest episode, and now it's even more significant. True story. I'm not still really in the like survival, mourning, fear phase of processing this current political situation. So I'm not really at the protest phase yet, and that's mm-hmm. kind of reflected in the songs that I brought. But. You know, we we interpret our themes in different ways each time. So, but I know Veto, you right. have some. You've started us off with a pretty straightforward protest song. What are we listening to right now? This is La Reina of the Latin American protest song right now. I mm. think uh, her mm-hmm. name is Ana Tiju, and uh, this is Somos Sur featuring Shadia Mansur. And I just felt like I had to include Ana in this episode, mm-hmm. right? She's just yeah. like you know, making some of the most fire protest music in Latin America right now. True, true. I saw her in concert actually a couple years ago and she's really powerful. Yeah, she's so, so good in concert. I've seen her in concert a few times and the first time that I saw her, I was actually just so impressed that her live act in terms of like both her singing and her rhyming are both so good and so on point, you know, because a lot of times like when artists record, it's like a lot of different takes and like, you Mm -hmm. know, they piece together the best things and that's reasonable. Um, But to hear somebody whose like live performance was like just as flawless um, and come, coming with a lot of power as well was, was really, really impressive to me. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I almost, almost decided to, instead of this song, to feature this really rad mixtape that just came out um, by Chicago Boricua, uh, Lester Ray. And it's all about Puerto Rico and about like the economic crisis that's basically about like the island's colonial subjugation at the hands of the U.S. And so I would... Uh, highly highly recommend that you check that out it's called the promesa mixtape but i really had to bring had to bring anna yeah it's amazing it took us like this is our i think 18th episode it took us this long to bring one of her songs because i know we both really i like know i know that's yeah. another reason why i was like listen yeah. we haven't brought anna tiju to any of this like yeah. that's like a really kind of surprising to me so i had to had to do it and why'd you pick this particular song? She has so many, right? <clears throat> yes, she has so many. And it took me a while to figure out which one was the one that um, I really wanted to pick. And so this particular song is off her latest album, which is from 2014. It's called Vengo. And um, it's featuring Palestinian rapper and just like super badass Shadia Mansur. And I wanted to pick a song that was just about the global South uniting against like imperial tyranny globally and first of all what's not to love about that but I think that it's important especially in the United States when um, we're in moments of shock and uh, despair around like our like 
you know, national political situation to see things in a global context and to um, think about global solidarity with uh, oppressed people's movements and to think about colonialism and to think about its effects of all of that still today. So um, I wanted to, to zoom out a little bit with this song and to think about what we're experiencing in the United States right now as something that's part of like a larger global phenomenon and right. um, to make us think about that. And you actually got to interview her, right? I did. I did. I had the privilege to interview Anita for this album when it came out and it was a really really sweet conversation um one of the things that I really appreciate about this album is that it was the first time that she um really publicly embraced both like a feminist uh, analysis and also uh her indigenous identity and um we had a good conversation about that so we'll include that interview in our write-up of this episode and it was just really sweet talking to her and, you know, seeing that, like, you know, like, while we were Skyping, she was, like, you know, talking to her kids and being, like, portate bien, apaga la computadora, and just, like, mm. seeing these, like, intimate moments of, like, badass MC slash mama. Mm. <laughs> yeah, how, it was really sweet. How old are her kids? Um, I don't know exactly how old are her kids, but they're, like, not babies, but they're, mm. like, not teens either. They're, yeah. like, in kid range and she's uh she's from chile right she is she's chilena and although she um i think she was raised for at least a certain amount of time in france because her parents left chile during pinochet and um, then later came back so she um, spent some time in france and grew up um, in exile in political exile because of her parents yeah she's lovely i follow her on instagram and just has a very political and fierce presence there too um so what do you have for us today Perez (laughs) so my first song is called Yo No Se Mañana and it's by Luis Enrique Yo no sé No sé donde vamos a parar Eso ya la piel nos lo dirá Para que jurar y prometer Algo que no está en nuestro poder Yo no sé lo que es eterno No me pidas algo que es del tiempo Yo no sé mañana Yo no sé mañana Si estaremos juntos Si se acaba el mundo Y'all, this is kind of like really a little bit like where I feel like I'm at right now. Like this song is kind of about like the end of the world. And it's it's from like a romantic perspective. Um, but it's and, you know, I, it's it's just like this idea of like, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know if we're going to be together. I don't know if the world is going to end. Like he does actually say, se acaba el mundo. Um, and so, I mean, the, the, the sort of message of the song is really about being present in the moment. It's like we don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so we just have to be here. Um, like, like he has the line, esta noche estamos vivos, solo este momento es realidad, right? And that's, that's real. It's like, all we have is right now, all we have is this moment. And, um, you know, like I've alluded to, I've just been like in a really part of severe state of just fear about what's going to happen. And I've been trying to kind of just take it moment by moment and be in the reality of the day that I'm at, that I'm in and not do too much catastrophizing about what might happen in the future. Um, mm-hmm. So the song mm-hmm. is really like resonating with me right now. Um, like I said, it's in the salsa romantica 
arena, so I don't, I can't claim that he was thinking about anything political when he wrote this. Um, but it's it's speaking to me, and you know, the music that I listen to doesn't have as much of a protest, like political, overtly political themes as the music the Beto does. So I had to really kind of think creatively about this episode. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the song is from 2009. Thanks for coming along this journey with me. Today. <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, you. How many episodes have you done about like? some sort of thing related to relationships, right? So it's like the least I can do. Yeah. It's the least I can do. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the song is from 2009 and he's actually a Nicaraguan salsero, which I don't think think I've brought anybody from Central America doing salsa so far. Um, Right, get it. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like the song was really popular um, at a certain point because I like have a strong memory of it, but my mom, I asked my mm-hmm. mom about it mm-hmm. and she like didn't think she'd ever heard it. So I'm not actually sure where I heard this for the first time, but yeah. Yeah. In the past when I've had like really strong romantic feelings about someone, but in a moment of like, I don't know what's going to happen with us. Like this song has resonated with me. So mm. now it's just resonating yeah. in a different, <laughs> in a different sort of way. In a different sort of political environment. Um, yeah. But you know, I mean, one of the things that's provided some solace over the last few weeks is just like love for the people in my life and my community so you know it's the same yeah. thing it's like right like I don't know what's gonna happen but like we have this is what we have right now so oh. I appreciate that yeah yeah well I feel very appreciative of like my strange obsession with the apocalypse in the past decade or so mm-hmm. and thinking of like you know how I need to up my apocalypse skills yeah so I feel like, I feel you're, like you're ready maybe they'll come in handy I, I am oh. absolutely not ready mm. <laughs> But I'm, I'm committed to survival. I'm committed right, to survival. Right. Not personally. Like, I feel like I don't give a shit if I personally die, but my boo is mm. really committed to surviving, and she's so – I've I've promised her that I'll do it with her. Yeah. I think we <laughs> – I, yeah, I, I think I said to you on the phone last week, I was like, I'm just like – I feel like one of those people who would just, just like, kill myself. I mean, that sounds so yeah, morbid. Yeah, and I'm not actually like suicidal. <laughs> But, like, the idea of, like, real end times or real, um, yeah, even just real, like, global level violence. I mean, the stuff that people have survived and the stuff that, like, my ancestors have survived, like, I just can't imagine it, you know? And so... Yeah, yeah. It's really terrifying. I know. It's um, like, you think think that maybe it's just, like, actually, this isn't worth it. But, like, in the moment, like, I don't know, humans are such funny creatures. We're like, it's going to get better. It's not going to be so bad. And, you know, you just keep on keeping on, I guess. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is like we study these things, we look back at history and we see these catastrophic things as like one event, but really like think about how much life happens while these things are right evolving and and unrolling and you know, so mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. that's also like how people survive. They just literally go one day at a time. Like they that's figure right. out. So so going back to the <laughs> the theme of this song that was yeah. definitely not intended for this particular <laughs> moment, but uh, but is speaking to me. So yeah. and I have I'm I'm happy to say that in the two weeks since we recorded the last episode, I have or like the week or so, I have started listening to music again. So I am trying to like get back to the things in good, my life that, that bring me that bring me some joy because yeah, what you know what choice do we have, right? That's right. So the next song that I'm bringing you all is uh, really good for this moment. It's called Agua, and it's by Lido Pimienta.
song for months that came out a while ago uh, but it's become more and more relevant especially as the protests at Standing Rock have really grown and escalated. Um, this is uh, Agua by Lido Pimienta and it's off of her excellent new album La Papesa which just came out and um, this song is about the struggles for clean water of the Wayu people who live in the Guajira region right on the border with Venezuela and Colombia. Um, and Lido's maternal relatives are Wayu people, and so she uses this song to bring uh, to light the ways that corporate coal mining interests in the area have really left her community cut off from uh, the Rancheria River with the construction of the Cercado Dam. So um, the water's been diverted from this indigenous community to um, the Cerrajón Company's coal mining operations. And it, it's just that in itself is such a microcosm, such a metaphor for the ways that, um, you know, indigenous subjugation has happened basically like since 1492. And I really wanted to uplift the song, not just because it's really beautiful, but also to contextualize indigenous resistance as a global phenomenon also, right? Like coming from the Anatiju song, I think that it's, great to see the coverage of the resistance happening right now at Standing Rock, but that kind yeah. of subjugation that indigenous communities have been facing is really like, has been like a pretty ongoing rate since 1492. And it's also global, right? It's something that it's not just indigenous communities in the US are facing, but indigenous communities globally. So I thought that this song was really appropriate for both this particular political moment in the United States, but also to contextualize it a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, and appropriate that we're like recording this episode the day after, you know, Thanksgiving. Um, and, you That's know, it'll be right. released. You know, you're listening to it a week later, but we're recording it um, the day after Thanksgiving. So it's like a moment of a lot of irony and I don't know, fucked up. Yeah, absolutely. We celebrate, you know, celebrate this like made up holiday about colonialism that's really based on a history of genocide while people indigenous people who are still here are fighting for basic rights yeah it's so ridiculous it's like thanksgiving and meanwhile like there's water cannons being shot at the people on standing rock and it's like sub-zero temperatures winter in north dakota is not a fucking joke y'all no well speaking of sub-zero temperatures i know tell us about <laughs> the next song that is. this is a really uplifting episode y'all um this <laughs> this song is La Santa Cecilia and it's Ice El Yellow. Iba pasando el trapo sobre la mesa y está cuidando que todo brille como una perla. Cuando llegue la patrona que no se vuelva a quejar. No sea cosa que la acuse de ilegal José atiende los jardines Parecen de Disneyland Ma 
maneja una troca vieja sin la licencia no importa si fue taxista allá en su tierra natal eso no cuenta para el tío Sam el hielo anda suelto por esas calles nunca se sabe cuándo nos va this is just like a heartbreakingly beautiful song. We've brought La Santa Cecilia before. We actually brought one of their songs to the Orlando episode, another sort of heartbreaking episode. Um, mm -hmm. But it's all about, you know, ICE being immigration customs enforcement um, and all about immigration and borders and how that divides families and the, the level of fear that you live with if you're undocumented. Yeah, and, yeah, I remember when this song came out. It's so yeah. powerful. I know, I know. It's so simple, right? It's so simple. Yeah. It's like, there's like a child's voice at the beginning um, just saying, you know, the definition, like saying ice, saying on the yellow, saying um, immigration customs. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's just a very straightforward and simple, but mm -hmm. heart-wrenching. Mm -hmm. And it was making me think about like what, you know, what what is the role of music and even art more broadly, but like as protest in and of itself, right? Like when yeah, you think of yeah. protest, you think of like people on the streets, you think of like, you know, the, the water protectors at, in North Dakota who are like literally putting their bodies on the line to protect something. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think there's a lot of different ways to protest and ways to, to resist and to sort of um, push back against the political conditions that, that we're facing. And so that music in and of itself, that just like this song just really representing the feeling of a particular um, experience, the pain that goes, that results from, you know, deportation from um, the really inhumane immigration system that we have, uh, that even just offering that representation of itself as a form of protest. Yeah, yeah. And I think one of the cool things about um, a protest song is that um, it not only brings to light conditions that are inhumane and that are um, unjust, but also it's resistance, right? And that's, I think that that's the thing that I love so much about a protest song is that yes, people are suffering. Yes, our communities are being subjugated in any number of ways, but there's always resistance there and there's always people who are pushing back. And that's happening in a number of different ways that aren't always just the traditional like front lines of the protest sort of thing, right? Like people are resisting in, in all sorts of different ways, including, um, you know, truth telling and art. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something I think about a lot, particularly in this moment, because I'm not really somebody who... Um, I don't know that... I just feel like I don't have the like constitution for like the front line in the streets protest. Um, I don't know. I just don't feel like it... It's what, like when, when things go down, like I think there's a lot of people who that's where they want to be. Like they're like, that's where I need to be. I need to be in the middle mm -hmm, of that kind mm -hmm. of energy to like fuel them feeling like they're doing something or whatever. And, and like in those moments, 
even like Orlando and stuff, like the vigil, like these big public vigils was not where I like wanted to be to process what was going on. And so, and I don't know if that's because I'm an introvert or someone who's just like super anxious. Like, I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah. um, so I just think a lot about like, well, what are the other, what are the other roles, right? What are the other mm-hmm. ways in which totally. people can contribute? And, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a musician, but you know, a writer. And that's always been sort of my main form of activism. And so yeah. just thinking a lot about that as we enter these, um, this particularly intense political time in the U S but as Veto pointed out also globally, it's, this is yeah. part of an, not an isolated incident of sort of the rise of a, of a very far right mm-hmm. white supremacist mm-hmm. political figure. So, yeah. And that's been yeah, a response. Listen. Mm-hmm. That's been a response to our work, right? So our work as yep. as folks that are striving for justice. So I think that that's one thing that's really um, that feels important to me is that we've had such an impact that folks are really, um, you know, the people who are invested in the status quo are feeling really threatened by that. So in that sense, I feel like you know, like there's something that we were doing right here, right? It's not all yeah. right, obviously, because this is a situation right. that we found ourselves in, but like we're right. pushing the right places. Yeah, it's definitely a response to to where we've come. And, you know, I think I thought about that, too. It's like, well, I don't know that we would have had President Obama if we didn't have Bush as a president. Mm-hmm. right? Like, I feel like Obama was our response to a really horrific sort of political time where, you know, did all sorts of horrible things to this country. And so what could come on the other side of something like this, yeah. you know, just yeah. like when I have the ability to have a little bit of moments of like some sort of sense of optimism. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the other thing this song brings up is like, you know, I think one of the worst, um, one of the things that has been the worst under President Obama has been his um, deportation policy, That's right? Exactly like exactly right, yeah. Right, while he's offered things like DACA and some sort of relief for certain groups of immigrants, there's still been this really intense, consistent deportation drumbeat. And so I think just to remember that, like, I mean, it's probably going to get worse under the new administration, but that we aren't like, it's not like we're living in a utopia right now or that president Obama was, um, was doing everything that we needed him to do. And in some cases doing some really, um, abhorrent things like deporting something like 2 million, I mean, more people than any president I think ever, ever before, which I just like never really makes sense of, to be honest. I don't know. Cause I, I've always thought of him as somebody that's pretty rational and someone that I can trust on a lot of fronts. And I'm, you know, I'm probably not as far left as even you are Veto and a lot of people who might listen to this podcast, but that's been this one piece of his, his work has never made any sense to me and has been really, um, just inhumane. So there's a lot to mourn, but there's also a lot that has not been, right for many years as well. Totally. Totally. Well, one of the things that I feel like is the job of an artist in times of, um, of resistance is to make the revolution irresistible. And I think this mm. next song really does that for me. Um, mm. The next song is Kami uh, Mami and it's by Mira featuring Maluka and Nani Castle.
yeah, I don't know. I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah, what does that mean to you? I don't know who said that, but you know that the job of the artist in La Lucha is to really make the revolution irresistible, and I love that. I love that, and I think that this song just makes me, like, so hype, right? It makes me so excited for, like, fighting back and for... Uh, you know, for being like, fuck the haters. Call me what you want to call me. Call me a commie if you want. But this is what we're going to do. Yeah, they're fierce. They're really fierce. Yeah, totally. Like, if it comes, if it really comes down to, like, taking up an armed resistance, like, these are the mujeres I want to be doing it with. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm, like, not quite, like, emotionally ready for that right now, but hopefully, no. hopefully it won't no. come to that. Hopefully but. not, right? What you I think you said this on Facebook the other day? You were like, "Prepare for the worst, ex- hope for the best." Yeah, that's know? exactly what I'm doing. That's exactly what I'm yeah. doing. Um, and so again, as a person who is very aesthetically motivated, I um, really love the video that goes along with this song. So like, they start like by like flicking off the NYPD, which is like a plus for me. And then um, most of the video is actually uh, shot at Zuccotti Park, which, if you all remember, Mm. was like the original campsite for Occupy Wall Street back in 2011. Um, And so now, obviously, it looks again like what it looked like before this like public private partnership park that's like in the middle of Wall Street. Um, But they're sort of like back on that territory being like, remember what this used to be. We know what this stands for. And there's just like all these mujeres like being badass, paying tribute to movements of resistance, dancing with like adorable small children. It's just like, that's what I want the revolution to look like. It's so great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This song is off of Nira's 2015 album, Radika, and it's actually really, really, really good. Um, If you want to listen to it it's on spotify it's full of features by these like super rad mujeres who are all doing amazing work with art and resistance around the world um including bunny michael who we featured here before Mm -hmm. (laughs) i know you hated her cover of gasolina fittest but i like almost brought her again she's got this Mm. like a new track called 888 but i think i'm gonna save it for our misandry episode if we ever have it oh lord (laughs) Okay. All right. And where are these, where are these mujeres from? Um, so uh, I don't know exactly where everybody's from. Nire, who's the the album, whose album it is. I don't know very much about her background. Maluka is, um, New Yorker and Dominican. Um, she's Dominican American. I think she was born in New York, but she was at least raised in New York. And then Nani Castle is based in Staten Island, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And they're, so they're like a bunch of mujeres who are at least currently in New York um, and are just badasses. Love them. I hope to someday feel the kind of like fearlessness that is expressed in this video. Yes, Not right? There. Not there. <laughs> Not there. <laughs> Oh, we all get there someday, maybe, or maybe not. You know, I think that it's okay to be afraid. I think it's entirely reasonable to be really, really afraid. And I also think that it's um, a falsehood to suggest that acts of bravery don't go along with fear. I think that a lot Mm. of the time when we're doing things that are really, really brave, we're also really, really deeply afraid afraid. at the same time. And there's yeah. there's sort of like this idea that you can either be fearful and afraid or you can be brave. But I often think that they're actually much more closely intertwined than mainstream and like dominant narratives make us believe. Yeah. 
I feel like whenever yeah. I've done something brave, I've been really afraid. Afraid. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's a good point. That's a good point. I think like even if you think about it in like a nervous system level, like the hormones that are released by our, our nervous system are kind of the same in those moments, like adrenaline totally. and things like that. So there's like definitely a connection for sure. And totally. and yeah, fear can be an incredible, it can be an incredible motivator. So yeah, I feel yeah. you. And yeah, I think, again, I think all of these things that we've looked back at as courageous acts happen in lots of little moments, right? They're not like mm-hmm. zero to 20. You yeah. Just wake up one day and decide. So um, yeah. All right. Well, the last song that I have for you all is a little, uh, might be a little unexpected, but uh, we're going to go for it. It's called <laughs> It's called El Burrito de Belén, and this is by Aventura. <laughs> oh, my God. With my donkey on this Like I said, it's like the weekend after Thanksgiving, which I feel like in the United States is like the socially acceptable time to start thinking about Christmas. Oh my and God, I know. I know. was like dying over there. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I just feel like I'm in this moment because I'm really struggling with uh, a lot of fear like we're talking about. I'm just like trying to find joy wherever I can find it. And when the Latino station started playing Christmas music like last week, it made me smile, <laughs> which has not been a very common occurrence the last couple of weeks. So I was like, I had this idea that I knew that I was going to say fuck no to, which was what, and maybe, maybe some year I'll get like a guest host and boot you off oh for God. the week of Christmas yes. or something to do like a, a, like best of like Latino Christmas music. Cause there's yeah. a lot of really good music. It's a pretty, yeah, it's a pretty massive genre. All right. Next year, a goal for next year. I'll get somebody else to do that with me. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, I was kind of struggling with this theme because the music I listen to is not as overtly as political as what Beto listens to. Um, so, I'm kind of bringing this song as like a little bit of a protest to the fact that Beto said no to doing an all-Christmas episode oh of the God. podcast. So, just so you all are clear, <laughs> listening at home, in the protest episode, Perez has brought their own personal protest to my saying no. To a Christmas episode. So, you know, I think that's very appropriate and I support you in it. Okay, great. Thank you. You support my little protest. I do. I support your personal protest. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. You know, I'm a Grinch and I know that that's not super popular, um, but it's it's just Uh, what it is. It's just what it is. I feel like among Christmas. I feel like among like radical folks, like I'm probably more of an outlier than you are. I don't know. Is it? You know, like know. what, like religion is it religion is the opiate of the masses, right? Like, I mean, but yes, I will, I will Karl say, Marx. right. If we're really going hard here. Yeah. Um, but I will say that, um, I mean, you know, Jesus was like a, re- a rebel who was killed by the, um, empire, right? Like the yeah. Romans killed him for his like acts of deviance. So although Christianity has been used in so many, really problematic and fucked up ways 
in the many hundreds of thousands of years since, um, there is, I think, some message in, in Christian theology. And I will say, like, I was raised in this, like, dual religious context mm-hmm, with my mom's mm-hmm. side of the family. Her parents are, are were Jewish immigrants from Eastern Europe fleeing anti-Semitism to, and, and went to Cuba because Cuba was taking was taking people. It was like, you went wherever you could go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my dad's side is like Cuban Catholic. And so I grew up with a very like kind of confused multi-faith situation. Like I remember as a little kid, I'd be like, this half of me believes in Jesus and this half of me doesn't, you know, um, <laughs> but amazing. was like, yeah, but was mostly raised with Judaism. And my mom really, um, tried to raise my brother and I as, as Jews, which, you know, it's the conversation for a whole nother episode about, about how those mm-hmm. things play out in Jewish communities. But my maternal grandmother, my Nana, was like very Catholic and very yeah. devout. And she passed away a few years ago and um, I was very close with her. And so I connect with her a lot through Catholic ritual and, and cultural kind of sort of Catholic cultural things. So that's been part of why I've been more into like Christmas the last couple of years. And like I have a, last year I had a Christmas tree for the first time. And so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this song, <laughs> while it's like a kind of a cheesy aventura, like Spanglish bachata version <laughs> of what is like a very classic, like Latino Latin American Christmas song, sometimes also called El Burrito, uh, Mi Burrito Sabanero. That's right. And it's actually written, it's actually written by a Venezuelan artist which Veto did not know until I told her about that before this episode. Yeah, like I um, thought that it, it was, was written by Venezuelan, but I was like, yeah. is it maybe from everywhere? I don't know. Right, yeah. yeah. No, it was <laughs> written by a Venezolano Hugo Blanco in the seventies, um, but has been covered like many, many times. And the traditional version of the song that you would probably recognize is um it's usually children are singing it, which there's something about children singing in like Latino songs that just like melts my heart and it's a pretty common there's often like a children's chorus <laughs> in, I don't know, I'm going to have to bring some songs with that, but there's, it's like something oh that happens God. pretty often in the music I listen to. Um, and it's cheesy and it's super <laughs> cute. But um, but yeah, when I saw that Aventura, I was listening to like a Spotify Latino Christmas place playlist. And when I saw that Aventura did a version of the song, I was like, this is going to happen. So I hope some of you out there appreciate a little bit of a joy through cheesy Christmas <laughs> yeah, music, that's hilarious. even if Beto doesn't. <laughs> well, so to be completely fair, um, I the, when I became a Grinch was like when I was exposed to American Christmas. I did not mind Christmas and to this day, like wouldn't mind like Venezuelan Christmas. So the music that we have there, like this song, like I feel like is really nostalgic for me and like Gaitas, yeah. which are Venezuelan Christmas music are also really nostalgic for me and like the f- Venezuelan Christmas foods and like the certain, like the atmosphere during the holidays in Venezuela is something that I really connected to and it's just a very very different environment from Christmas in the United States so it's not so much like Christmas haterade as much as American Christmas haterade so like All right, okay. I really really dislike like the consumerism I don't like I yeah. hate winter and <laughs> you know like I hate American yeah. Christmas music but like none of those things are true of Christmas in Venezuela. Christmas in Venezuela is like lit. There's like fireworks. People oh, are like literally yeah. like drunk for an entire month. It's like so <laughs> fun. Um, okay. So, so maybe it's like I'm just like an American Christmas Grinch, but like it's okay. just like sort of like taken over my entire Christmas heart. <laughs> well, maybe next year we can help you reconnect to your. Latina Christmas heart. Because <laughs> it wouldn't be an American. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. But I'm glad to know you're not a total Grinch about not it. Not a and, total uh, hater. <laughs> thank you for, 
for not saying no. I mean, I think that's the one thing about this podcast. We're not allowed to veto each other's music, so no, we just no. have to we just have to put up with it, and that's the beauty of it. And that's hopefully, exactly right. Enough of you out there that enjoy the <laughs> random ass things that we bring. Right, like if so. I can bring noise with like a thong, then Ben yeah, can bring. It's exactly what I Christmas said. Music. <laughs> That was like exactly what I said over Gchat to you. It's like, listen, this is happening. So, oh my god, yeah, oh, totally. Right, I yeah. support you. I support you in all of the cheesiness. Thank you, friend. Gracias, amiga. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, that's been another episode of Radio Menea. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so 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 much. We hope that you are holding up okay. As yeah. always, all of the music that we feature today will be uh, featured on our website on radiomenea.com. And if you can, if you like our podcast, we would love it if you could rate us and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to, whether on iTunes or Stitcher. Or Google Play or whatever. It really helps get our podcast in front of other listeners. So please, please help us out if you feel so moved. Also, so you know, we've got a couple, our, our last couple episodes for the year planned out, um, but then we're excited about 2017 and what we might bring to you all and we would love to hear if you have theme ideas for us um if you have a a theme that you want to see us bring six songs um based on that theme to you all so we'd love it if you would tweet at us at um at radio menea um and any ideas that you have you can also email us if you want would rather radio menea at gmail.com um or post on our facebook page also at radio menea on facebook um yeah we'd love to hear from you whatever themes you have brewing from your music that you listen to that you would love us to to chat about and bring some songs to yeah what do you all want to listen to this program's for y'all yeah let us know awesome thanks for listening babes ciao ciao Tanzania, fuera Yankee de América Latina, franceses, ingleses y holandeses, yo te quiero libre.